Good morning. Welcome to our latest London Institute of Banking and Finance Mortgage podcast. My name is Gordon Reid and I'm delighted to be joined today by a panel made up entirely of ladies for this episode. This episode of our mortgage podcast is all about mortgage industry events. And what we'll be looking at today is things like how you choose the right event, whether you should link these to your business objectives, whether you should have a set number of events you attend each year, how you prepare, what you should do on the day, and indeed what you can do after the day to make sure these are a success. How do you measure success? So lots and lots of things to talk about today. And we're thinking about, you know, these seminars, the conferences, even these wonderfully named symposiums or the award ceremonies that you might all be attending. And this is relevant right now because we're in that summer lull between the two main blocks of calendar events. So we often have lots of events in the mortgage industry around the spring, and then we've got a load more in autumn and early winter. And I'd just like to mention at this point that the London Institute of Banking and Finance have our first mortgage conference on the 3rd of November. So if you haven't already made a note for your diaries, please make a note now. And uh, tickets will be uh, available in the next couple of weeks. I'm delighted to say that a couple of our guests today are going to be attending and are going to be speaking at the event. And uh, hopefully uh, they'll all be uh, in attendance in some capacity or another. So without any further ado, let me introduce you to this month's panel. Firstly, returning to the panel for, I believe, the third time, so she's been on here nearly as often as I have, I'm delighted to welcome back Sonia Matharu. Welcome, Sonia. Great to have you back. Hello. Thank you so much for having me again. Quite all right. It's lovely to have you because you've always got such a lot of really interesting things to say. So for those of you who haven't had the pleasure before, Sonia is an award-winning senior broker at The Mortgage Mum. She's passionate about improving equality, diversity and education in the mortgage sector and represents the younger generation of advisors in the industry. I know Sonia is also keen to use her voice to help the industry grow and evolve, so it's perfect that we're also joined here today by two ladies who were at the forefront of doing absolutely exactly that in the mortgage industry. Indeed, and they didn't know I was going to say this, but both have been nominated in the same category at the same awards. So, potential spokesperson of the year at the financial reporter women's recognition awards now no fighting today ladies and uh, <laughs> but, I know, but, but i know you know it's fantastic to have you both you know because that that really does show how important you are within the industry so firstly i'd like to welcome claire beardmore head of broker propositions at the lng mortgage club welcome claire great to see you and great to have you with us here today Thank you ever so much. So it's great to be here. Thanks. Thanks for the invite. No, that's quite all right. So Claire, just a brief potted history, has been with uh, LNG Mortgage Club since 2018. And prior to that was head of mortgage sales at the Leak Building Society, uh, as well as being responsible for leading her team, developing relationships and propositions for uh, LNG club members. Claire is also committed to driving change in the market and is a prominent advocate for gender parity in the mortgage industry. So some fantastic, fantastic reasons to have you here today. Spokesperson, not just for the wider industry, but for, for, uh, for ladies in the industry. And another reason why I'm so <laughs> delighted to have all three of you here today with me. Finally, I'm so pleased that we're also being joined today by Kay Westgarth. Kay, lovely to see you. Morning. Thank you so much, Gordon. And as um, Sonia and Claire said, thanks for the invite. Great to be here. 
That's quite all right. Uh, and, and for those of you that don't know Kay already, Kay is the head of sales for Standard Life Home Finance, where she was an integral part of its launch in the intermediary market last year. Kay has over 30 years experience in financial services, and I'm sitting here with the camera on saying, I cannot possibly believe that, uh, mainly at the Lloyds Banking Group, uh, before she joined the Key Group in 2018, where Kay started her later life lending journey before moving to her current role with the Standard Life Home Finance. So I think that gives you a really good background to our guest today. And uh, that gives you uh, enough of listening to my uh, dulcet tones. So uh, at this point, I am going to start getting the panel doing far more of the talking. And I I'm just gonna throw out a nice open question to start with. So there are so many events that mortgage advisors can potentially attend. So what do you do when deciding which attend which events to attend, what do you look for? Um, anybody want to pick up that question first? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> both wait and then both yeah. join at the same time. Go for it, Sonia. You go. You go. Um, yeah, I was going to say that my approach would be to you know really start looking at the agenda to see you know what they've got planned for the day, who's going to be speaking, and what you know what the main focus is. Is it going to be purely mortgages? Is it going to be a blend of mortgages and, you know, protection and things like that? Um, and yeah, just, you know, what what kind of topics will they be discussing and what they have planned for the day? I think that's a really like key thing to um, look at first and foremost when deciding what events um, to go to, because, you know, you can really get an, um, an idea of what you could what you could benefit from from that as well. And, you know, if they're going to be talking about things that are relevant to what you do. I think from a lender perspective, um, it's looking at that interaction with advisors. Um, there are a lot of events where they're so busy and Sonia, you touched on the agenda being a really good point, um, but it can be so jam-packed that actually any sort of airtime you get with advisors where you can really um, focus on the education piece, the adding value piece, I think that's a big driver from the events that we look at. Yeah, and I, I would just uh, reiterate both really. So definitely what I would be looking for, for if it was for, for, for me um, is the agenda. And also where is it? What format is it being? Is it being, is it virtual? Obviously it's much easier, but it's not the same as it. It's not the same as getting and seeing people. Um, what speakers are there? What am I going to take out of it? And what's, I suppose, what's the so what? Mm. What, 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 what will I sit after and think, oh, that was, that was good. That was that was really worth attending, even if it's not for me, but for my team as well. So really good info that I can I, I could pass on to, to, to my wide, my wider team. Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, like the timings of the event, like how long is it going to be running for? And you touched on it there, you know, where is it? If it's some, you know, you need to take into account travel time, if it's going to take you, you know, over an hour to get to and the event is perhaps, you know, an hour or two hours, you need to kind of weigh out, you know, is is it worth it? Is it worth my attendance and that kind of thing? You know, so that's something else that I would, you know, potentially look at, you know, location. How long is it going to be? Or am I going to be spending more time traveling than actually there? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think you make some really good points there, guys. And, and, and I think one of the interesting ones that was was about how packed that agenda is, um, mm -hmm. because I think sometimes we will look for as much quantity in the agenda as possible and but that sometimes restricts your opportunities as well 
Yeah, and I think the virtual world, we try and stick to whatever we can time. But again, on that agenda, if it is too jam-packed, we all know that people will run over. It just happens. You're people, and that's how. And then if that does, then it then it gives you that scope um, to kind of what you what you draw, what you can, and what you can't do. Um, and normally, it is then the time that you get to actually spend with um, with lenders or with partners, and that's vital from both perspective, from the people attending, but also from the people who are presenting or exhibiting. Yeah. I think there's a real fine balance to strike between having especially for face-to-face where you've made an effort, you've gone out, you've traveled. I think there's a real fine balance between having not enough, so lots of networking time um, and probably less sessions on there compared to having it jam-packed, like a session after session after session after session where you can only consolidate, can't you? You can only take so much in before before it, it's all becoming into one. So I think that's really important to get that balance right. Um, we did our events from an LNG Mortgage Club perspective. We've done two since COVID. The first we did in the autumn, we did it quite relaxed and, and, and more of a networking time compared to in the spring. The feedback that we got was it's perhaps... It was good, but we needed more structure. So we structured more in, in the spring and the feedback was has been, fant- has, has been fantastic around those. So I think it's a real fine balancing act. I think it, it has parallels to, to running meetings. Uh, I'm, yes. I'm sure you've all attended meetings where there seems to be absolutely nothing on the agenda. And, and you've also attended meetings where the agenda has got something every 15 minutes or half an hour and you're thinking, now that's gonna take twice as long and the agenda ends up somewhere out the window. Um, and I think organising any form of event, particularly a conference or a seminar, does need similar sort of forethought. Yeah, and I think Claire's point of the so what moment, um, mm. I know for, for years in our environment, you look at the, um, everybody will go with their set agenda or the <clears throat> what's in it for me. And I think more so what probably the, um, the virtual world has taught us is what's in it for them. And I think it's too many events I think you can go to where we have a, um, a single tunnel vision focus agenda, whereas you need to make sure that participants and delegates are both getting something from it. Definitely. Yeah. Totally yeah. agree with yeah. you. Yeah, good, good point. And, and so do the type of events you look to go to, are those affected by your business objectives or even your personal development objectives at the time? Yeah, I would say both for me. Um, Yeah, definitely, you know, personal development, you know, it takes, you know, a lot to go out there and socialise and, you know, speak with people in the industry, you know, especially, you know, people who you've respect and have looked up to for many years, especially from my perspective as well. Um, So, yeah, definitely that. And also, you know, just learning and developing as well. I feel, you know, especially, well, coming from my sort of working from home, as you can see on the video, um, it is just me. So it is quite nice to, you know, speak to other people in the industry, but also, you know, speak with lenders and develop relationships there as well. I think that's really important. you know that I've had some really amazing conversations and have developed um, some really good relationships. You know, the last couple of years from going to events, and it just broadens your mind because I think when you're doing your job day in and day out, um, you know, whether it's from the lender side or your mortgage broker side, you kind of just see things from that perspective. And I think only when you speak to somebody who's in this whole transaction as well, but on the other side, you get to learn 
um, you know, their perspective as well. And there's a lot of understanding that goes on then. And I think that's really important in the market today where things are, um, you know, a little bit turbulent in terms of like service levels and criteria changes and rate pulls. And there is a lot of, you know, brokers frustration and they're not perhaps, you know, getting not perhaps even taking the time to understand where the lenders are coming from. They're just seeing that frustration and having to sort that out with the clients. But I think, you know, from going to the events and speaking to lenders, you know, I do have, um, you know, a, a bit of an understanding that kind of makes it less frustrating. And then it also makes me able to convey it better to the clients and give them a better understanding of what's going on as well. Great, perhaps greater empathy between you and the lender? Absolutely, yes, yeah, because it's not just a case of this is so annoying, why is this happening? It's like, okay, I get it, this is why it's happening. And then it also makes it better for me to relate that to my clients and they have that better um, understanding of what's going on rather than just saying, it is what it is, this is the market at the moment. You can kind of say, look, this is what's happening. I understand, you know, it is frustrating, but this is... Um, where the lenders are coming from so yeah it just makes that it just makes that whole um, relationship from lender to broker to broker to client so much better yeah and I would say and Claire and I are probably opposite ends of the, the spectrum on this because Standard Life Home Finance only launched into the later life lending market in October so for us our um, events objectives around those events and priorities are probably slightly different some from someone as experienced as legal in general has been in the industry for such a long time as much as the standard life brand as we know has been in it for a long time um, so for us it was looking at that distribution and distribution isn't necessarily just through partners but also from people like LIBF Gordon, like yourselves, um, Equity Release Council. So looking at um, trade bodies, regulators, as well as, so actually widening um, our partnerships in that first year is important, not just through partners. So from my objectives this year, it's probably been really different to objectives that you've had in previous years where those partners have been dealing with you for five, 10 years. So they've kind of something that you're used to doing on a year on year basis. I think I think the points you make are really, really strong, ladies. And I suppose the point we're really making to the listeners here is do think about, you know, think about why you're actually going to these events. Think about what you're, you know, what is it? You know, somebody mentioned earlier that the what's in it for me. What do you want in it for you? Um, and again, that point about, you know, looking at who's actually going to be attending the event. Because again, I can think of one or two events I've attended, which have been, where, say, for example, the broker community has been very well represented, but the lender community hasn't. And you think, mm -hmm. OK, if this is about partnerships, how's this going to work? So interesting. Can, can, really, I, can I just add to that? Of course you can, well. Claire. Please I, do. I, I think for me, and I'm, I'm sure that Kay and Sonia, you're exactly the same, is life is so million miles an hour and the job at the moment is so, so, so fast paced that it, I could sit here all day literally and work and never think about my learning and development it's something that you can put to a side and think I'll do that tomorrow I'll read that I'll read that tomorrow I'll listen to that podcast tomorrow but if you attend an event and you've and you've got your day there you've got to do it 
and yeah. and that and for me that's what I find valuable that I've, I'm there I've got to focus I will focus emails I'll have to wait so for me that's what I think it it, it really helps it's not as easy as just putting a podcast on in, in in the in the background and you don't really listen but by being there and listening and, and, and being a part of it I think it makes a huge difference though so just to just to clarify of course our listeners will be listening to us very carefully because yeah. so much of the value is to what we've got to say yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. yeah of course um just leading on from that um i would imagine k clay in particular but this might apply to you as well sonia i would imagine that because of your roles you do receive quite a few personal invitations requests to attend events how do you sort and how do you prioritize those how do you decide who to say yes to and who to say oh, unfortunately can't come this time For, for us, definitely, I think, and always be open and honest, and that's something that we use in financial services. Um, I think our partners are very realistic that people have marketing budgets, that they have a lot of planning to do around these events, um, and we would always try and engage with them, I think, um, usually quarter four before the year ahead, so that you're actually having those discussions then. Um, and the reality is the, the early bird catches the worm, I suppose, is how you look at it. But the more that you can then work with partners who are on the same basis as you as to the organisation and the structure behind events, um, that does help both of us. Um, and I think that's where we would come from in relation to we don't have a money tree at the bottom of the garden where we can go, yeah, we'll go to that event. Um, and I'll be honest, Gordon, I think that at a lot of events we use the phrase pay to play. Um, and it's a, um, you know, it's a phrase that you use out there because some are very expensive, some less so. Um, and I think people have to factor that in when they are organising events as to what size and scale they actually look at, because there are smaller lenders, new lenders or indeed large experienced lenders who don't in the current climate necessarily have that budget anymore that perhaps we had early noughties before the last recession. So, you know, there isn't just this kind of unlimited fund that you can touch to to what you see. So as long as you're um, open enough with them as to what you're looking again, what you're looking for from that event. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. And I think this year, from from our perspective, we've done more external events than we've done ever before um, we've always done our own and, 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 and put on our own events and so we can see from from a different side where budget restraints getting out there early etc but um, we've done a lot more we've done a lot more of attended a lot more events spoken at a lot more events this year and and, and they're great they're brilliant um, they're really good and it is cost it's a massive factor mm-hmm. um, but it's also people as well and having people there to attend and represent your brand and, and your proposition um really well um so there's 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 been a real shift hasn't there since covid everybody's got so used to working at home and answering like emails and workloads and and stuff really quickly when you're out on the road for a day i think um i think i think that really sets put put, puts puts things behind again so you've got to be you've got to you've got to again watch the so what i'll go back to that again so what so if what if we attend that event what what will we what will we get out of it Um, and what will the audience get out of us being there i think that's really important yeah yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Sonia, appreciate it. not quite the same, but again, the mortgage mum, you know, network yeah. there. What, what's the sort of uh, what, what's the sort of prioritisation from the network perspective? Yeah, so um, for me, I've you know been 
I feel lucky enough that I've been invited to, to quite a few events recently, especially this year. And, um, you know, I'm at, at the moment because where it's quite new to me attending the events and especially being invited to to events it I feel very honoured and um, I will say yes <laughs> um, to everything because it's an opportunity as, as what I'm seeing at the moment um, but recently where the events are um, sometimes quite close together sometimes it's not like logistics don't quite work out and I do have to say or have to choose between certain events um, so yeah, that's that's one of the things that I've experienced recently, but also a little bit of burnout, to be completely honest, yeah. where sometimes um, they are so close together. And there was like a time, I think from like April to June, it was just seemed like, like constant, like event after event after event. And I think it got to this month, actually the beginning of this month. And I said to Sarah, I feel like I ran out of charm. <laughs> <laughs> never and never where it's yeah it's just like I, I got to that point where I was I was tired and I felt like I couldn't attend what event just because I felt like my energy wasn't where I would like it to be to attend an event so I I did decline an, an event which was so hard for me to do because like I said I've gone into that yes mentality of saying yes to everything but I thought you know what it doesn't hurt to take a break and I'm sure there'll be another invite um perhaps next month when I've recharged um a bit and I can come back and you know feel feel like I can contribute to the event as well as you know be open to receiving the information and, and making the most of it because what I don't want to do is ever take on an opportunity and you know not make the most of it is what I'm trying to say so you know anyone else that's experiencing that or having that conflict between oh I feel like I don't have the energy but I'm scared to say no it is okay <laughs> absolutely it is I, I mean that links back to something I said in the intro which is you know we do tend to have almost like two seasons for the events mm -hmm. you know we do have that sort of we'll call it the spring season and then the autumn winter season and that's that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast now because mm -hmm. we are in between those two key seasons so you know I, you know we're saying to mortgage you know we're saying here we wouldn't all attend every event mm -hmm. so actually from a mortgage advisor perspective make sure you really do take the time to go I can't attend every event so I need to prioritize I need to think about what's in it for me and I need to think about what's the right event for me and that might depend upon you know what my priorities are it might depend where I am in my development journey it might depend on things like who's going to be there etc so be selective mm -hmm, but within that but within that, be selective, but come to the LIBF conference. <laughs> Sorry, just saying. Okay, I'll get that one out there. Okay. Um, so just thinking about, Claire, you made a point a few minutes ago about, you know, when you are at the event, when you're at the event, you're absolutely at the event. So you've got a day, you're away from your emails, you're away from your phone calls. So you've got an opportunity here. What do you ladies think you should really do to prepare for an event to make sure that it's going to be, you know, what do you do to prepare to make it as effective as possible? So I think it's making time, so, so clearing your diary and, and not feeling that you need to be rushing around. Um, again, I keep saying this, I know, but it's so what? 
um, why you're there and knowing what you want to achieve out of it. Um, understand who's attending. So you do your research, who's attending, who do you want to speak to? Um, which, which part of the agenda do you not want to miss? So there'll be different presentations that you can probably dip in and out of. Which one are you absolutely don't want to miss but perhaps another one isn't where you want to be so you could go and do you you're talking to to lenders etc and, and different providers um and just being really committed to going there and not being on your phone while, while presentations have been there being be really switched on and tuned in and just give it like that or give yourself that space to really sit and consolidate it and take it in um i think that's what's important and and be ready to to, 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 to take action on the back of what you've learned it's good isn't it but you can get on the train on the way home I suppose and you'd be in your emails and then all that's forgotten it's just that space for me that thinking space before during and definitely after and I would I would agree with that just be present you have taken that yeah. day out of your diary the temptation to go on that email to pick up that phone call yeah. to to phone the office is everybody okay what's happening you know that if you you will get more out of the day if you're present in the day um and it's really difficult because we're all tied to our gadgets but that would i would be the same be present yeah definitely completely agree with what's been said i think as well but like we touched on it a moment ago as well about preparing and it's just you know these things get put in the diary in advance and that you know it's coming up so it's doing you know as a break what you can do to um, manage your clients manage your workflow and make sure you get kind of like everything done so on the day you can be fully present and you're not thinking oh I haven't gone back to so and so or whatever that is and just making sure you're preparing in advance for that day out which sounds a bit a bit much for one day but you know that's kind of you know our roles at the moment it is very you know our, our workflow can't just you can't just turn it on and off but you can kind of prepare ease it in and yeah. It's a really good it's a really good point, Sonia, because when I raised the question, I was really thinking, oh, what do you do to prepare for the event? But actually preparing your business to make sure that you can be ready for the yeah. event is is just as is just as critical. So I'm a nightmare um, for it. If I if I don't do that, I I can't concentrate. I find it really hard to concentrate on what's being said and I don't take it in because I'm worrying about someone's mortgage application or this client or go back and the emails building up. But if I've taken that time to prepare it's so much better. Like I can't do an event without doing that. Yeah. And I think, and, and if you go back to your point before, Sonia, where you felt like you'd done so many, you almost burnt out with events. Mm. If you're not prepared, I think that burnt out comes around much quicker yeah, and much absolutely. sooner. Because they catch up with you, don't they? You're out for, I don't know, you're out for three or four days in a month, potentially. And especially if it's a night event, you're away overnight and suddenly mm -hmm. you, you, you're miles behind and it's really difficult then to, to focus on what you're there for. You're thinking in the back of your mind, crikey, I've got a lot that I need to need, yeah. need to sort out. So yeah. um, by that preparation, Claire, as you said, Sonia, you might only go to four events that month instead of the eight that you were invited to, because the reality is perhaps you can't be afforded to be out of the business that long. So you want to make the, the very best and the most of the ones that you do go to. Yeah, definitely. I do feel like the event should like complement your business mm -hmm. rather yeah. than, you know, hinder anything at all. So I think that's another thing to think about. I, I mean, if you're spending four, five, six, even eight days, Claire, you mentioned the case or you mentioned potentially during a month, then it is such a big percentage of your working life. Mm -hmm. It has to be factored and it has to be 
things that are going to support the business that you're actually in you know it has to you know it isn't a it can't any longer be an additional part to your role it's got to be a key contributor to what your roles are yeah yeah i i totally agree and i think the doors that it can open i think the events either virtual or face to face it the doors that can be open because you might listen to something that you've not heard about before, whether that's from a tech perspective or, or a new area of lending that you could get into. I think if you can go prepared with your open mind, they can genuinely make a difference to your, to, to your business um, and take you down a route potentially that you didn't know because you don't know what you don't know, do you? So you don't know what you're not doing unless mm. you hear about it. Um, and I think with that open mindness they can they can drive business and drive drive quality and i think a lot of the partners that we work with now so if you look at kind of um, events perhaps several years ago you would have had a um, majority would be mortgage and protection and then as their advisors kind of client bank matures as they mature you're then seeing a lot more individual events that are perhaps specialist lending and i see a lot more of those so again from an advisor perspective it's almost from their business planning where is my business going, which I think you both touched on, um, and what events is relevant to that. So if I have a client bank, which is now predominantly 55 plus, I probably want to go to a later life lending event versus something that's kind of um, perhaps their customer proposition lends more to new first time buyers. Now, they may want to go to both because their customer client bank may have first time buyers. But I think it's for, for me would be that looking at what is my business plan for my business and how do I drive that forward? Um, because there is a plethora of events. Um, I mean, we look at the virtual world and you were probably looking at 600 plus a year and face-to-face -face very different, but now you've got a mix of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, really good point and really challenging, really challenging just to get that balance right. Yeah, and I like what Claire said as well about, you know, learning from everyone that's there you know I'm, I'm such an advocate for that as well like going up to people not just you know waiting for people to come up to you but go and introduce yourself to people and learn from them and listen to them and be I think it's going back to that being genuine and being genuinely interested and wanting to hear what people have to say and that can benefit you in so many ways um, and you know the relationship that you can develop but the knowledge that you can develop as well and those different perspectives you know is, is key I, I really agree with that and I can see that Sonia from the from it from a different side so from an organ working from an organization that hosts events or attends a lot of events I think people are sometimes nervous to come and speak to you um, if you've been presenting or you've been on a panel debate. I think there's a nervousness. They might have had a question and they think, oh, I can't ask you. I don't know you. But I, I suppose my advice would be come and speak, come and speak to us. That's what that's what we're there for. That's what we love. That's what 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 what, what the whole point of, of, of us is being there for. So so don't be afraid just because I've got I work for a huge brand. It doesn't matter. I'm still me. Yeah. Just just come and just come and chat. Just come and talk to us. Exactly. And I think as someone that has um, you know, been a speaker at these events, I think those people that come up to you, like it really does mean a lot because it means that they've got yeah. something from what you've just spoke about because that's quite a scary thing to do like you know you're speaking to your industry peers and you know people that you know you've you've followed yourself for a long period of time and um or people who are new into the industry and perhaps are you know looking to to you as you know a voice of authority you know it's quite a lot of pressure and I think you know 
if you you know took value from anybody that speak I think go up to that person and just you know say that you did because you know that would mean so much to people um yeah, never be afraid to speak to the speakers <laughs> so, so that's a, I mean it's because actually I was going to say do you have any best practices that you'd share or you'd recommend advisors to follow to make the event as possible and you guys have just been talking about a perfect one there so you know recommendation from the whole panel recommendation from me go and talk to the people you want to talk to if they didn't want to talk to you they wouldn't be there yeah and also if you have your gadget and we're saying avoid emails and avoid everything else but make your gadget work for you on the day we'll, we'll all have our calendar on the gadget and i know that from an exhibitor lender whoever is their perspective it might be that they're time poor on the day it's a really busy stand you've got 10 people queuing up to speak to them about specifics cases or whatever that might look like um take your calendar book in a slot with them for a further follow-up call for a further appointment that's exactly what they want or what we want out of the day so if anything if you're going to use your phone for anything that day make it to book in that phone call to book that appointment because they'll be um they'll have theirs on to do the exact same thing yeah that's a really good tip Mm. yeah definitely and i was just going to to say there as well if you don't if there is if you've gone to an event and you wanted to speak to somebody but like hey just said you know it can be quite busy and you might not get a chance to speak to them all the days just gone past you and you didn't manage to speak to that person that you you wanted to um again using your technology you've got on you linkedin is a great um tool or you know most you know we can look up our email addresses and contacts and information don't be afraid to drop them a message on linkedin or um email them and just follow up saying oh i i really hoped um to get a chance to speak to you or if you've not met them before introduce yourself via email and build up a relationship from there because more likely they'll be at the next event and they'll probably remember you for that and you can both then make a combined effort to um you know to speak to each other at your at the next event that often does you know mm. work quite well I would also say go early would be another top tip. I think most people on here would say that uh, lenders and exhibitors are, are there from usually about 7 or 7.30 in the morning. Agenda starts about 10. But if you want to speak to them and get the best merchandise, I would also say, but if you, <laughs> if you want to speak to them, a top tip would be if you go early, they'll probably get more time on you before all the speakers start. And perhaps, as we say, you know, um, break time becomes less because people have run over. So get there as early as you can. Totally and again, I was just thinking from from a preparation point of view, you know, we talked about prep earlier and it is it's probably, you know, there will be a lot of people there. So do as part of your prep, decide in advance. Yes, you'll see people on the day and you'll think, oh, I really do want to speak. But you should probably have a list of people in advance that you want to go and see, whether it be a list of exhibitors or whether it be a list of speakers, whether it be individuals, whether it be groups, you know, make sure you know who it is you want to see that day and make sure you see as many of them as possible. And also divide and conquer, I suppose. If you're a business where you're fortunate, you've got three or four advisors. What I tend to see is a lot of people, all three or four will come to the bottom. (laughs) What to do is go, okay, that's our target audience and that's our target plan. You're going to take those two and those two. And then you get a, when you then go back to your business, you've got a much wider range. You've got eight instead of just four, you know, so I think from that point of view, kind of um, divide and conquer on the day. I I also think as well on every agenda there's not going to be from an event an agenda from an event there wouldn't there won't be everything that you want to see because that follows your business objectives as Mm -hmm. of today's date and so a tip from me would be 
push the boundaries and go into a session that you probably didn't think you needed because again you don't know what you don't know so actually by going and sitting in that tech debate or that tech presentation about CRMs or the latest technology in the mortgage market you might actually learn something that could radically change your business that you didn't know existed so I think it's my advice was be don't just be comfortable push 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 those boundaries and go and sit in something that you you might walk away and think that's absolutely no use to me whatsoever it's half an hour probably and you know that then um and and i and i think that's so you've still learned something crucial. you have you ha- you've learned that it's not for you and or your yeah. business yeah um don't, don't shy away don't shy away from a subject that you know little about because it could mm. really change your business going forward mm. um just moving it on then so we, we've talked a little bit about preparation we've talked you've shared some really good practices about things to do on the day uh, and we talked about how busy you are and you've taken time out of your diary so there has to be a danger that after the event you go back to BAU and I just want to ask the question what do you guys do or what do you recommend advisors do post events whether it be about reflection whether it be about actions because if they don't do anything, there is a danger that whatever they've achieved on the day could be lost. So is there any best practices you would suggest for what things people should do after an event? I think, again, it comes back to preparation. Um, and I think the, the question I think you need to ask yourself on the way to the event is what do I want to feel like on the way back? What do I want to have learned? What do I, how do I want my head to feel on the way back? So do I want to have known more about this? And then on the way back, have, do you feel like that? Have you ticked that box? And if you have, why? And then it's follow up on those things that you've you've learned that day that you really wanted to at that beginning. But what do you do next? How do you take it to the next step? So don't boil the ocean and don't suddenly think <laughs> that you can move into this new business area or implement this new tech. But actually, what would be the small step to take it to the next to the next place? And then another small step to take it to the next place. And, and I think it's having that mindset, because I think if you, you sat on the train again on the way back and you're in your emails and you've not thought about what you want to deliver, then you're thinking you're going to radicalize your whole business you'll just blow your mind and you won't even you won't even tackle it so it's just small differences you can make slowly um but with a a goal to 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 get to i'm the world's worst well i was for going to events loving it thinking i'm going to deal with that i'm going to do that i'm going to do it get back into work and the emails are there and all of that sort of stuff um and i think you've got to be really disciplined to just little small steps little small steps yeah bite-sized chunks Claire I'm with you on that one and and making sure as you say making sure that it matters because you have invested that time and and some case money in it as well um but I think it is and I think we keep going back to this our diary's been really busy or and that's from us as well as advisors and um that kind of phrase of being time poor but if we are we know that if we do put a slot in a calendar or something like that we tend to stick to it if it's there we do it and I think for me, that's how I kind of manage it is if it was in the same way as you would rule out a day for an event, you then go, OK, I'm having an hour tomorrow while it's still fresh. And I'm putting that in my diary for that future um, future action or future development, whatever that action may look like. That, that hour might be just determining what those small steps were that Claire talked about. And as you say, then planning when you're going to take those steps and getting those in as well. That's fantastic. It's good tips. 
Yeah, I, I was going to add as well to that from from my perspective. I call it like a post-event buzz. Like I don't. I always get like that. You know, like the adrenaline, or you just on like a a good. Like high vibe after an event so I will tend to jot down things in that moment because that buzz wears off <laughs> and yeah. you're really excited about everything that you've learned and all these like new ideas that you've perhaps been inspired by and people that you've met and those kind of conversations so I'll take that time on the train or wherever it is you know after the event whilst I'm in that um, post-event high and write everything down um, or document it in some way and then um, I'll relay most of it in the next team meeting as well. Um, you know, Mortgage Run, we meet together every Tuesday via Zoom. So I'll probably speak to Sarah or, you know, or she'll come to me in that event anyway to see, you know, how it went. And I'll talk to the team about it there while it's all fresh, because, you know, like, you know, we've all kind of alluded to here is that, you know, it wears off and you kind of forget the information that you've um you've learned and you kind of end up not doing anything with it so that's that's what I do to retain as as much of it as possible um and that seems to work quite well I, I think I think and also on, on following on from that is the world is such a smaller place now you don't actually need to leave your conservatory or your living room or mm. your bedroom to actually be really educated whereas prior to covid pre-covid podcasts like this webinars etc they were just they were the, they were the exception weren't they rather than the rule whereas that I think that's changed I think that's really that dynamics really changed you, you don't even have to leave the house you can you can do it whenever you can do it as you're falling asleep listen to a podcast as you're falling asleep mm-hmm. or as you as you as you wake up in the morning so it doesn't have to be that you need to travel tra- travel the, the the country anymore to to attend real events yeah yeah you can pick and choose what suits you. You know, if you're an in-person person, <laughs> um, you you can go to those events. But you know, there is, like you said, there's plenty of online ones if that's more your thing. If you can't take the time out to travel because not just because of work commitments, but perhaps family commitments, you might not be able to take the time off to you know go to London or, or wherever. Um, you know, there's a lot online now. Um, like you said, podcast webinars. You can sign up to all of these things. Well, and they, you know, a lot of them are free as well. So yeah. I think there is definitely something for everyone now yeah yeah i agree it's interesting claire you you talked about a feeling that you get after an event sonia you were talking about the buzz if you like post-event buzz i'm just interested you know is there any other ways that you guys would measure the success of an event from your perspective you know not from the not from an organizer's perspective but from an Mm -hmm. attendee an advisor uh you know as a network how do you measure success yeah, I mean, I suppose there is, we talk about um, return on investment and things like that, you know, so there is always that financial from <laughs> perspective when whenever there's a budget associated with it, there's usually a, um, a pre and a post. So, but I think um, more so the um, level of engagement is something that you can measure. So you can get new people who have either um, registered to transact business with you or actually monitor um, new business for people who perhaps went off the radar a little bit or and are now looking at it so again that's where if you are fortunate enough to get um, delegate lists event delegates things like that and um, post the event it's making sure that's you know that is real gold dust if somebody's going to share that with you and those advisors 
more importantly, have given you the permission to contact them, that's just a green light. If they're saying, yes, you can contact me, that usually means they want to. So it's making sure that follow-up is done. Um, and then it's, you know, if you have the, the capability to monitor the engagement and the business impact following that. I, I, I think for me, it comes back to what have I, what have I done differently that I didn't do before? What have I learned that I didn't know before? Or what have I, have I come back with that feeling that I want to share this with my team because it was so good? I want to tell people about what I've heard about or I've heard this little, this little nugget that I think could be amazing for us. So do I, I think that buzz that you talked about, Sonia, is really true. You'll go to some potentially events where you'll come away thinking, I was on my phone way too much because it just didn't resonate with me mm -hmm. whatsoever. I was board it, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't for me at all but if you're coming back thinking wow or not even wow but oh we could do this we could do that we could we could take this forward that I think that's the acid test for me did it make me in some way behave differently or talk about something different than I wouldn't have done before fabulous really good little acid test that one I like that yeah completely okay. agree I think from a broker perspective or an advisor perspective, it's quite hard to to measure like have like metrics really because we don't have like you know people like signing up, like you can't see that. Um so I do think it's heavily dependent on that feeling, like you know, everything that Claire said, you know, um, what did I learn? How do I feel? Was I engaged? Like all of that kind of stuff as well. But I think a lot of times like attending these events, you don't see the results sometimes instantly um so you get that those feelings and you'll know you know if you enjoyed it and you know if you were engaged in everything that I just said but some opportunities follow on from that event that perhaps you won't see until you know a weeks a month or so but because they met you at that event and you know they, you had a good conversation you've perhaps been invited to to another event or you've been invited to speak at an event or some other opportunities arise so you don't perhaps see that instantly but you never know um you could be have been like sowing some seeds there and that will flourish you know months to come or something like that so i think the answer is it's not a single thing but it could be a combination of things it might be about might be about feelings it might be about tangible things but but those tangible things might take weeks months even years to to, to come to fruition and it might be purely about you know, I've learned something and I'm going to do something differently, whether it be about different business or a different approach or whatever the case might be. So I think no, that's, I think that's why um, feedback after the events, Gordon. So a lot of people will do survey monkeys and things like that after it. And I think that's really vital because I think um, you don't want to be that arrogant that you go back next year and you do the exact same thing with the exact same agenda. And guess what? You've got half of the attendance because you really want to see um, what did they get out of the day? Um, get the feedback how you know some people are um go as far as rating speakers and things like that or rating sessions which if, you, if you're one of the speakers and it doesn't score great can't be great but it's something you then know as instant feedback that you either your message wasn't um relevant to their business or it didn't land well so again clear your point of was I on my phone too long so you may find that then when you get that feedback result, it was because it didn't hit the, the brief that they were told to do or it didn't hit the right pitch or something. Mm. So I think the, feed, the feedback post event is crucial and that you act on it and that you don't just go, 
oh, we got 500 people there. Let's do that again next year. Because yeah. actually mm. what they took from it on the day might not be what they wanted. And uh, yeah, you're absolutely spot on, Kay. I know it's something we're very, very conscious of at the moment, because obviously this being our first event mm. uh, in November, you know, we are we we absolutely we don't have the advantage of previous year's feedback you know we are taking lessons that we've learned from attending other events ourselves um but we know that you know whilst we hope to put on a fantastic event we know that there will be things we will do differently next year that's that's inevitable that's inevitable um so i think you're absolutely right you know so feedback is crucial for the event organizers feedback is crucial for you as a as an event attendee as well and it's almost give yourself feedback give yourself feedback about you know from your point of view what would you do differently what did you think you did particularly well on the day what would you do differently next time so all great stuff all great stuff okay one last little area i just want to explore with you ladies and i want to explore it with you because apart from anything else you're all award winners or award nominated. Now, now clearly, you, you don't self-nominate for individual awards. You will be nominated for those. But you probably do put your teams up sometimes or, or your departments up for awards. And there are so many of those. So, you know, I, I just wonder, you know, you have to put business case forward as well to support them. How do you decide which awards events to attend or to enter, I should say? Anybody want to pick that one up first? <laughs> it's not easy. Um, and I think, again, if I go back to where Standard Life Home Finance is as a new lender to the market, there are probably ones there you want to recognise both the proposition and the people at a much earlier stage before their perhaps their reputation is out there for it to speak for themselves so I think that you kind of take a different a different tact on that but I think some of the things that you read out when you introduced us all there's a lot about the yes your positioning of your proposition but also your own beliefs as a business and the culture that you have as a business so we were talking about women recognition awards and things like that so I think there's something that if you as a as a group or as a brand however you want to look at it um has strong beliefs in really developing that um and that diversity be it for whatever reason across our businesses then it's great to be able to put people forward and support that sort of knowledge I would agree. I would agree completely with that. It's what's aligned to you and your organisation. And is it credible? Um, and if that alignment's there. So again, Kay, exactly the same as you. So financial reporter, women's awards, very aligned to us at Mortgage Club and 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 and, and the and the way that we work and 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 what we believe in. So, so that, that feels like a really good cultural fit. Mm-hmm. Um and and it's what I think it's they're not easy, are they, to submit a um, no. a, team, a, a team nomination that they, they take time and they take effort um, and if you can't if you haven't got that time and that effort some, arguably it's, it's not worth doing mm-hmm. and because it would stand out in, in, in a group of in a group of um, nominations that you as, as a judge that you would that, that you'd be looking at I just think I think it's that credibility point what 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 where's the synergy with your brand not just your brand of your company that you work for but your own personal brand too um how does that how does that fit with that that persona that person that that those beliefs that that you've got um i think that would be my advice the take effort does the marketing team our marketing team would will 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 certainly tell you the amount of effort they take so And, and that's what that's why i raised the question because there are so many so is you know how do you decide and i think you've both given some really interesting things about credibility aligning to your organization cultural fit 
Yeah, that makes that makes great sense. Sonia, anything you want to add to that as well? Yeah, I, just, I completely agree with what's been said. And I think it goes beyond the numbers. The numbers are obviously important and things, but, you know, it's not all about that. Um, when I was nominated for, for Best Broker, I was absolutely shocked <laughs> that you have to do a submission. Like what's then asked of you once you've, um, um, well, the process then was once you've been shortlisted, you then send over um, a bit more information on you to, to help the judges and things like that. And I remember feeling completely overwhelmed and a bit of imposter syndrome, actually a lot of imposter syndrome <laughs> came into it um, because I was, yeah, just gobsmacked to have even been there. And then I had to then write up about me and things like that. And I, I, I'm not a high volume broker. Um, so I was like, well, I'm not going to get it because at that time naivety thought it was all about perhaps like the numbers and things like that but actually what I then wrote was my my views my beliefs what I'm passionate about um what I want for the industry what I would love to help with the um help the industry you know do and um all of those kinds of things you know and I think that's what helped well that that's all I, I really had really beyond the numbers so you know, don't be afraid. I think if you are um, somebody that is, you know, nominated, or even if you are looking to, you know, self-nominate, um, don't be so fixated on the numbers. It's also your mm. contribution to the industry that matters. Um, so yeah, don't be afraid. It's about quality, Sonia, not quantity necessarily, isn't it? Mm. You know, quality of advice, not about yeah. numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I think as well, you know, if you are fixated on the numbers, I think that does send a message, you know, for customer care, client care, um, you know, the industry, you know, helping the industry grow and evolve. Like these are such important things. Yeah. And it's and you know a, what? Yeah, I'm sorry, saying, no, looking at the, the mix you see across these awards, you know, and some of the big brands that are out there um, that will win and some of the people that have been in, in the industry for years, but then to see newcomers come through and a real diverse mix of people coming through, I think that's really refreshing because, I mean, with being in the industry for 30 plus years, it did get to the point you went up and you were going, oh, it's another big name one, oh, it's an, you know, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And actually now to see... Um, the scope of the people that are up for nominations and not just up for the nomination but winning these categories I think that's exciting because it then also engages bringing new advisors into the market and there's always that traditional challenge over it's financial services it's majority male so actually then to see so many uh, women empowered in the market and coming through on um, on different award schemes and things I think that's really refreshing. Mm. Yeah. yeah absolutely do you know what it, it would what you said Sonia about it's not all about the numbers mm -hmm. I could use that about this whole thing we've been talking about today mm -hmm. you know it's not about the number of events that you go to it's not about the number of people you see it's not about the number of people you talk to it's about the quality of the conversations the quality of the events the quality of the agenda the quality of the awards etc um, and that's a really good thing to focus on really good thing to focus on ladies i've really enjoyed this discussion and, and thank you so much for uh, joining me today i hope uh, i hope you've all enjoyed it as well yes not, thank not you that's a nice little leading question there from me sorry <laughs> <laughs> 
Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say your listeners can't see us all shaking our head and going no. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be to be fair, if they could, Kate, I would rely on our uh, on Liam to edit it in the background <laughs> so they couldn't see that. So um, no, it's, no, been, so. it's been a great discussion, but the time hasn't half flown. I can't. I know. I know. Yeah, I'm I'm conscious. This is quite a long listen for our listeners. It's about fifty five minutes. We say forty five to sixty minutes, but hopefully, uh, you know, as as long as you're not using it to get to sleep. Um, then uh, there's definitely something in there for everybody you know if you are going to be attending events you know take a bit of time Um, I just want to say I I know I've mentioned it a couple of times I'm going to mention it once more first ever mortgage conference for the LIBF this year and from our point of view I I was listening and I've been listening to everything the guys have been saying and thinking oh what can we do to make it as effective as possible so a couple of things I do want to say it's going to be focused on mortgage protection and equity release and it's going to be focused very much from LIBF. We are an education, you know, we're an education provider. So the whole day is going to be based on supporting education for advisors. Um, so we are very fortunate. We are going to be joined by Standard Life Home Finance, Kay, uh, Claire from LNG Mortgage Club, and some of your team will be joining us as well. That's fantastic. Um, and I know you'll support us in supporting the education of advisors out there. So be lovely to see lots and lots of advisors out there it would be particularly lovely to see lots of ladies out there as well you know it'd be fantastic if we got the perfect balance you know and there's no such thing as the perfect balance but it'd be fantastic to see a really really diverse audience at our first mortgage conference so uh, ladies i want to say thank you very very much for your time today and thank you very much for joining us later in the year um and uh, for those of you listening thank you very much for listening And uh, I look forward to recording another episode next month. But it's goodbye from me for now. And ladies. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. Hey, everybody. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about our qualifications, training and upcoming events, then go to libf.ac.uk. We also have other podcast channels that dive into topics like trade finance, financial advice, fintech and more. You can find all of them at libf.ac.uk forward slash podcasts.